0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Financial Festivities hosted by yours truly, Grant preves Today is October 11th, 2021. Uh, today is Columbus Day. Today we're going to be talking about the importance of retirement savings. We're going to kind of highlight three main points. The first of which is just understanding that retirement is important and why saving early is vital. The second of which is uh, the benefits of utilizing special retirement accounts to either defer taxes, uh, income taxes until you're retired or pay the taxes initially and allow your earnings to grow tax-free. And then finally, uh, I'll give you guys some tools on where to actually invest the funds you're saving because you can't just save money. You're going to have to invest the money and uh, seek gains if you're going to actually be able to uh, retire someday. But... Before we get into any of that, as usual, we're going to do a quick little market update and see how U.S. equities have been performing over the past week. So again, today is October 11th, 2021. Although it is Columbus Day, the market was open today. The Dow closed at 34,496.06 points, putting it up 1.35% on the week. The Nasdaq Composite also did well. It closed at 14,486.2 points putting it up 1.21% on the week. And finally, the SP500 closed at 4,361.19 points, putting it up 1.19% on the week. And before we get into everything, again, I need to mention I'm not a financial expert. This is not financial advice. This is just simply my opinion. And yeah. So Start For starters, retirement is extremely important. It's something that all Americans need to start planning, you know, relatively early in their lives and be looking, uh, you know, just it's something they need to get ahead of because it's a major part of life and it requires a lot of money. <laughs> However, despite the importance of retirement, many Americans just either don't take it seriously or just don't understand the importance of it, according to the Department of Labor Only 40% of Americans have calculated the necessary funds they'll need to save for retirement. Um, The average American spends at least 20 years in retirement or over a quarter of their lives. That kind of just shows you the importance of retirement and uh, why it's important to start saving now, because you're going to need money for 20 plus years. So that's quite a long time, which equals quite a lot of money. And finally, also according to the Department of Labor, um, the average American needs 70 to 90% of their pre-retirement income during retirement a year to, uh, you know, enjoy the same standard of life. So for example, if while you're working, you make 100k a year, when you retire, you're going to want to have 70 to 90k saved a year for retirement in order to kind of enjoy that same lifestyle you had before you were retired. Now that we've kind of uh, explained why retirement is early. I'm going to get into um, why saving early is extremely vital. This is because of something known as compound interest. Uh, for those of you who don't know what compound interest is, it's simply just a term that refers to one um, one you know producing gains, not just on the initial principle they put into the investment, but also on the interest that accumulates over time. So you're not only making money on what you put in, you're also um, making money on what uh, what you earn through interest over time. And this is extremely important because with compound interest, you see you know exponential growth over the long term, which kind of speaks to why getting in early is extremely important. Um, I got kind of a fun little stat here that kind of uh, reflects the importance of compound interest. So... With the parameters of $6,000 contributions a year, which is the cap for IRAs, which we'll get to in just a little bit, and assuming a 7% gain a year in the account, which is the average return of the s and 500, um, over 25 years with those parameters, you'd expect to accumulate um, $379,494, you know, which is nothing to laugh at, that's quite a lot of money. However, if you save for just 10 more years, for 35 years, um, with all the same parameters, you'd have $829,421. So just by saving for only 10 more years, you'd over uh, you'd overly double your um, earnings. So that reflects the importance of compound interest and saving early. So you need to start saving extremely earlier. The earlier, the better. All right, now that we've established that retirement is important and saving early is important, now I'm gonna kind of give you guys a few details on some of the retirement accounts that will let you, um, uh, you know, add to your earnings and make even more money through, you know, tax deferring or paying, um, to, uh, tax and letting your, uh, growings, your earnings grow tax-free. So the first type, the first of these accounts is called an individual retirement account. You guys may have heard it abbreviated as an IRA. There are two special, there are two types of IRAs. A traditional IRA and a Roth IRA, uh, there's one main difference between the two. Well, there's several differences, but the most important probably is that a traditional IRA, the taxes uh, are deferred, so you don't have to pay the initial taxes, on your contributions, but once you withdraw your funds for retirement, you have to pay the taxes. So let's say you put $500 into your traditional IRA, that $500 is taking... Out of your income, so you have to pay. You don't have to pay as much in income taxes for that year. But once you retire and eventually start withdrawing these funds you've saved, that's when you pay the taxes. And then Roth IRA is quite the opposite. You you pay the taxes initially on the contributions, but then uh, they're allowed to grow tax free, and then you don't have to pay the taxes on them once they're withdrawn. So if you put that same five hundred dollars in. That $500 is still considered a part of your income and you have to pay federal income taxes on that. But again, you don't have to pay the tax on it once it's um, taken out for retirement. Um, So the the contribution limits for both accounts, for both traditional and Roth IRAs, individuals are only allowed to uh, contribute $6,000 a year, which is what I was just talking about for that hypothetical example for the compound interest. But once you turn 50, you're allowed to start uh, contributing $7,000 a year, so a $1,000 in, uh, increase. Um, however, with Roth IRAs, there is an income limit. So for individuals who file their taxes uh, uh, you know, individually on their own, uh, once you make $140K a year or more, you're, you phase out of a Roth IRA and are not allowed to use one, you have to use a traditional IRA. But the, and also for people who are married and file jointly, uh 208k is the max so if you if a married couple makes more than that a year they also have to face to a traditional ira a uh, traditional ira has no income limits obviously and then again the contribution is the same uh 6k a year or uh, 7k a year once you're 50 so the main uh i guess they say that uh you would probably want to use a Roth IRA when you expect to be in a higher tax bracket when you retire. This is because with the Roth IRA, you pay taxes on it initially. So if you're paying taxes initially on your income uh, and you expect to be in a lower um, tax bracket now than you will be in the future, you're going to save a little money. And then traditional IRA is the opposite. Again, you would most likely want to use traditional IRA if you expect to be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. And thus, why you'd want to defer the taxes until the time that you have to pay less in income taxes. Now, um, along with IRAs, there's another type of a, uh, retirement account through your employer known as a 401k. I'm sure many of you guys have at least heard the term 401k. Um, even if you don't know, it's finer details, but that's what I'm here for. So just like IRAs, 401ks are special accounts that are what, that what Americans save for retirement. Just like an IRA, there are Roth 401ks and traditional 401ks. The only difference between the Roth 401k and the Roth IRA is there are no income limits on Roth 401ks. So you can make as much as you want a year and still use a Roth 401k if you want. And then just like the IRAs for the Roth 401k, your savings are taxed initially, but then allowed to grow uh, tax-free. And then with the traditional 401k, you, your tax get to be deferred, but then you have to pay the taxes once you take the funds out for retirement. Um, Another slight difference is on the cap for contributions a year to raw 401ks. For individual Americans in 2021, you are allowed to contribute $19,500 a year or $26,000 if you're over um, 50. In total, um, contributions... Um, for your four hundred one k cannot surpass fifty eight thousand dollars, or sixty four thousand five hundred dollars if you're over fifty, or just uh, or or more than hundred percent of your um wage. So whichever one is less, you obviously can't contribute more to your four hundred one k than you make in a year. And then there is a, another there's another exception for four hundred one k's, for people who make a lot of money, uh, like a lot of money. They're known as highly compensated employees. So there's two criteria that you, will you only have to meet one of them to be considered a highly compensated employee. Um, the first of which is if you make 130K or more a year, um, your um, caps is going to be different. Uh, it's not the 9, $19,500. And then if you own more than 5% of interest in the business, uh, or in a business, it's, you're also considered a highly compensated employee and therefore a different contribution limit applies to you. So it's not extremely specific, um, but for these highly uh, compensated individuals, their 401k contribution limits are limited to um, only 2% more than the average employee at their company um, contributes to their 401k. So let's say a highly um, compensated individual works at a company and the average employee who is not highly compensated contributes 5% of their um wage to their 401k, then the highly compensated individuals would not be allowed to um put any more than seven percent of their um wages into um their 401k which is two percent more than five percent so um that's kind of another weird rule again it doesn't apply to most people only people who make quite a bit of money so that's uh those are the details for both um 401ks and IRAs um, something I actually did forget to mention about four hundred one k accounts is some employers do a matching program, where up to a certain amount, um, the employer will match what you put in your four hundred one k. So that's where that upper bound of the fifty eight thousand dollars comes from. Some of you guys might have been wondering, well, if you can only contribute nineteen thousand five hundred a year if you're under fifty, why would you ever be able to put in more than fifty eight thousand dollars? Well, that includes total contributions, including from your employer. Um, so. You and your uh, employer combined cannot put in more than fifty-eight thousand dollars a year into your four hundred one k if you're under fifty, or one hundred percent of your wages, as we talked about. So now that we've talked about um, special retirement accounts, and as well as clarifying the importance of retirement, I'm going to kind of give you guys what I think is one of the best ways, the one you know, the most conservative, smart, and easy ways to save for retirement. The first thing I would recommend is when you're investing uh, in money that you're going to be putting into re- retirement accounts, uh, do not pick individual stocks. I know there's probably many self-proclaimed stock experts out there who think they can consistently um, pick winning stocks over the long term. However, this is just not the case. Um, according to a study done by Standard & Poor Global, it's a study they do every single year where they compare um, domestic um, fund managers to their respective indices. Um, 80, in 2020, 86% of uh, domestic fund managers failed to beat um, their, uh, their their respective indices or stock indices. Um, in layman's terms, that basically means the majority of professional stock pickers failed at their job. So kind of logic kind of begs the point that if professionals can't even pick stocks for a living, then how on earth is a typical American you know, like uh, me or you going to be able to pick stocks? Sure, you might be get, get lucky every once in a while and pick a stock that does well, but there's no way for 40 years you're going to be able to consistently pick stocks that perform well. Um, so what I recommend you do is invest in index funds or invest in mutual funds that largely invest in index funds. Um, one of these types of mutual funds that I'm a huge fan of that I will recommend to you guys are something known as target date funds. Now, target date funds are a specific type of mutual fund um, that companies or mutual fund companies put together um, that have a target date um, as the um, title kind of, uh, you know, infers. And that date is aligned with the year you want to retire. So for example, for someone like me, or for a student who's listening to this podcast right now, Uh, I probably would enjoy retiring in around 40 to 45 years. Well, I'd actually probably enjoy retiring tomorrow, but considering I don't have a job yet, I think that might be unrealistic. Um, But all jokes aside, I'll probably end up retiring around 2065. Um, And there's a target date fund for that. There's target date funds for every single year in increments of five. So like there's a target date fund for 2025, 2030, uh, you know, all the way up to, you know, 2065, which is what uh, I will probably invest in. And the cool thing about target date funds is it automatically adjusts the allocation of assets um, as one gets closer to retirement. So for example, I'm looking at the Vanguard target funds. Vanguard is a great company. Um, it has extremely low expense ratios, which we'll get to in just a little bit. So for a for the Vanguard 2025 target fund, so this is what people would invest in who want to retire in 2025. So in four years it's pretty uh, soon. Um, if I look at the, al- um, the allocation of the funds, um, only, let me look. Only about 50% of the, um, the fund is allocated towards stocks. And it's allocated in stock indices, so it's not specific stocks. They're just simply market averages. And the rest of the um, fund is in bonds, so that's relatively um, conservative because the retirement's coming up soon. So bonds are, you know, a more conservative uh, investment than um, stocks because even though there's no investment that's completely risk free, bonds do for cert do certainly. Uh, Guarantee income, you know, on more so than stocks, but it's not hundred percent, but it's considered way safer than stocks. But if you look at the 2065 fund, which is way farther out in the future, uh, which something uh, someone like uh, me might use, the funds are way more, um, way more aggressive. So you're going to have, let's see, about uh, over 90%, about 90, 93%, 90, yeah, 93% of the fund is in stocks. And only about eight uh, to nine percent are in um, bonds, so that kind of shows you the difference between a fund that's out far in the future, and the fund that's relatively, um, you know, up close. And then for that twenty sixty five fund, as we get closer to the year, the target date of twenty sixty five, the funds will start to move away from more conservative, or sorry, more aggressive uh, investments like stocks, and then put them into more secure. Um, investments like bonds, because as you get closer to retirement, you don't kind of want to be victim to the woes of the stock market. So for example, if like you were about to retire and COVID hit and the stock market went down, you know, 30 to 50%, you don't want to lose half of your savings. So that's why they start putting more in bonds because it's more of, um, just to say proof against things like that, because nothing's guaranteed in the stock market. And then the last thing I'm going to say about target date funds is um, there's all sorts of different companies that make these target dates funds. There's Vanguard, which I've been talking about. There's Fidelity. um, There's, uh, you know, Charles Schwab, there's T. Rowe Price. There's a bunch of great companies out there. I'm not going to, um, you know, tell you a specific company to use. Um, That's up to you. That's personal preference. Um, But what I would specifically look at or what would probably be the primary, primary, um, you know, factor in choosing target date funds is expense ratio. And that's something I mentioned earlier. The thing about the stock market is although you can look at the history of gains of these funds, nothing is guaranteed. So, you know, past past results don't, uh, or past, you know, performance it does not guarantee future, um, you, know, uh, you know, outcomes. So what I would just simply do is find a target fund that has an extremely low interest or expense ratio for example, the Vanguard 2065 target fund has an expense ratio of 0.15%. And what an expense ratio is, it especially tells you what percent of the fund's assets is going to be um, used to cover, you know, costs, like you know, paying the employees who work at you know, Vanguard who put together the fund. So typically an expense ratio between Uh, really anything under 1%, 0.75 to 1% is good. This 2065 fund is 0.15%, which is extremely good. So I used a calculator um, that calculates the total expenses I will lose um, from something like the Vanguard 2065 fund. So with $0 initially invested and contributions of $6,000 a year, uh, which is the IRA, and then for 40 years, and rate of return of 7%, which I just figured let's do the market average of around 7%. Uh, after 40 years, I'd have about $1.2 million, um, but I will lose $50,000 to fees. So although the uh, expense ratio might not seem like a big deal, like, oh, it's only less than a percent, that can't mean anything. Even with a expense ratio of only 0.15%, I'm still going to be losing $50,000 over my lifetime, which is quite a significant amount of money. So that's why i think expense ratios are important uh and the most important thing when looking at picking a fund you can look at past performance of the of uh, funds the company has managed but i'd honestly just look at um uh, what was expense ratios because that's the one thing you can not guarantee you can not guarantee uh, uh you'll be losing money with expense ratios so you may as well lose as little money as possible uh you can't guarantee you'll make money so I think uh, expense ratios are the number one factor to look at. And with that being said, I'm going to close with a quote from Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett, as you know, I respect uh, dearly. He's probably one of the most brilliant investors of our life our lifetime. Um, in this quote, he's kind of just um, giving credence to the idea of investing in stock indices and uh, why one probably most likely wants to invo- avoid individual stock picking. So we said, quote, the 21st century will witness further gains, almost certain to be substantial. The goal of the non-professional, like you or me, should not be the pick winners. Neither he nor his, quote, helpers can do that, but should rather be to own a cross-section of businesses that in an aggregate are bound to do well, you know, like an index fund. A low cost SP 500 index fund will achieve this goal. So essentially, he's kind of saying what I was saying. Uh, if you're not a professional, or even if you are professional, uh, it's extremely hard to beat the average, uh, which is a stock indices. So you may as well just invest in the stock indices for the long term, because uh, that's the close you'll get to um, you know, substantial growth uh, over the long term. So I think that's kind of it for this episode. Um, again, retirement is extremely important. I don't want to freak any of you guys out. Um, you still have plenty of your life ahead of you. You have time to um, you know, plan uh, and th- get everything figured out. I would most certainly not freak out about saving for retirement if you don't even have a job yet or if you haven't even gone to college or anything like that. I think I'd start saving for retirement and really getting those things sorted out once you kind of are settled into your you know, first career job and you have uh, you know, access to you know, 401k accounts for your employees. But if you're just in high school or in college right now, I would not worry about saving your money and putting them in retirement accounts uh, because once you're in like accounts like IRAs, the 401ks, um, there are penalties uh, for taking those that money out early. So before you actually are in a career and have a job, I would just say, keep your money out of those special accounts because again, there are penalties for taking them out. So uh, that's gonna be it. Thank you guys for listening and see you on the next one.